Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Bean Town Podcast for Sunday, December 13th, 2020. What's going on? How are you? Wow, it is December 13th already. Christmas is 12 days away. Does the 12 days of Christmas start on Christmas or 12 days before Christmas? I would assume the 12 days of Christmas starts before Christmas, meaning today would be uh, a partridge in a pear tree. Although I got to tell you, I don't know if it's just because we're coming to you live from the north side of Chicago or what the situation is, but I reckon we don't have partridges or pears, pears, or pears, pears tree. So you might think I'm drinking. I'm not. Well, I've got some, some bubbly lemon water here. It's like... Uh, Newman's own or something. <laughs> it's not. It's not salad dressing. Uh, no, I don't remember what the brand is. I don't know. It's pretty good. I was singing again some Fresca, but I got to tell you, I love Fresca, but sometimes I get carried away, and I have way too much Fresca, and then I just, even though there's no um, like artificial sugar in in there or anything, it's you know it's a pretty sweet beverage, and so once I get a little sip of that, I just go nuts. Um, although I only had one, one cup of coffee today, which I, I try to do, you know, some, some people don't have caffeine on the weekends or coffee on the weekends for me. Like if I can just get it down to one cup, that's okay. Most days I'm having, uh, you know, my, my coffee in the morning. And I, I guess I wouldn't say most days, I probably, probably about half the time throughout the week, I go out and get a Dunkin' in the afternoon or something like that. Um, Certainly not not every day. It kind of just depends on my my timing, my schedule, what I have going on, etc. Um, if it's just kind of a normal work day, work from home, and then I can go run in the late afternoon and, and shower and eat supper after that, then I don't need it. But I got a lot of uh, this time of year, a lot of China meetings. Which, if you don't know what that means, what China loves to do, and for those who are new to the, the show, um, one of my multiple jobs that I work in addition to. Uh, working at a, a law school and software testing. Um, something else I do is, uh, as I consult for a, an educational company, um, that does a lot of, you know, college admissions, that sort of thing. Um, working, uh, with, with largely far East Asian students, Chinese students, primarily based out of New York. Anyways, I do a variety of things for them. A lot of like essay editing and stuff. I have a couple sitting in my inbox, um, that I got to take care of. Uh, do tomorrow, but what they really love to deploy me for is uh, like one-on-one, half an hour long meetings with um, potential clients, and it's really strange because you would think like we're a company that's trying to make it in the business, and you know these these kids, aka their parents, have a lot of money, and you'd think it would be like us trying to woo them, but instead, oftentimes what it is, we kind of flip the script. I don't know if it's just like a mental game that we're playing with them but it's like we we've turned it around so it's kind of framed like they're trying to woo us um which is completely unnecessary anyways i i sit down with these students on zoom usually at like either like 6 a.m my time or like 8 p.m my time because oftentimes they'll be in china and give my they i don't remember exactly what they call them. it's like formal assessment or something i basically just talk to these kids oftentimes you know they're they're ninth grade so they're like 13 14 years old i talk to these kids like your likes your dislikes it's kind of silly because 
you know, we're trying to get out like, oh, what do you want to study in college? What do you want to major in? Which, boy, I sure hope that my kid doesn't feel pressured uh, to decide if I have any right now. I don't. It's TBD. Um, but when we confirm that I have a kid and they're, you know, a freshman in high school, I really hope that it's not like, oh, you got to figure out what you're doing right now. And I try to frame it to these kids that I talk to, like, there's no expectation. Let's just have some, let's just develop some likes and dislikes and we'll sort of figure it out from there. Um, anyways, so well, I'm just watching fantasy football and getting absolutely toasted. That's too bad. Um, but we should uh, we should get started um, with today's installment. What's going on? Um, sorry for that little side detour for the first couple of minutes here. You know we are going to get started with uh, our Real Housewives of Salt Lake City recap. And I should mention before we jump in that listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Beantown Podcast. Um, number one, we'll occasionally use some language. Number two... This podcast is objectively terrible, although, boy, I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun um, today's episode. So last week we, we left off and Mary Cosby had just like organized this, she called it a Met Gala. It was basically this luncheon where all the ladies get super dolled up. And as a reminder, there's six of them. We've got the two blondes, their cousins, Whitney and Heather. And then we've got two brunettes, Lisa, who's kind of the young and fun, has a couple little kids. And uh, and then you've got uh, Meredith, who's got the older kids, including Brooks and her husband, Seth. And they are separated. And then you've got uh, Mary Cosby, of course, who married her grandfather. And then you've got Jen Shaw, who's married to a uh, the, the defensive backs coach at the University of Utah, Coach Sharif Shaw. So last week we left off and there had been, you know, the start of last week's episode, there was this uh, 1920s party and... Mary or Jen Shah started freaking out. She got really drunk and started freaking out at um, Meredith and uh, Mary Cosby. And it was just a whole big thing. And then the episode ended. Mary Cosby had thrown this luncheon together and it seemed like things were going okay. She apologized to Meredith for being mean to her because she was upset that Meredith was friends with both Jen Shaw and Mary Cosby and Jen Shaw was like no you have to be loyal to me you can't do that which is you know obviously ridiculous but so it seems like you know at the end of last week's episode things were going okay at this luncheon but then it's like Mary Cosby who really likes to hold a grudge is upset that Jen Shaw hadn't issued her an apology because Jen Shaw at the 1920s party had called um had called Mary Cosby a uh, grandpa effort. And uh, so we pick it up at this luncheon and things are immediately getting very tense. And you can tell Mary is not happy and, and she starts talking a lot. And then Jen Shaw starts talking a lot. And Jen Shaw, if you'll remember from last week's episode, is like being total victim in this episode. She's like super defensive, like trying to explain herself, but way too much. And she's like, you know, I'm just going to say what the group is thinking. And then Mary is like, oh, girl, no, you don't speak for me. And, you know, they have this long running feud. And the rest of the housewives, although Lisa doesn't really care, the rest of the housewives are like, okay, yo, we need to bridge this together. And we got to like come together and be friends. But uh, Mary is like being super mean. Mary is, you know, like super rich, apparently. Although I, I don't know, I don't think that you're supposed to be super rich if you're a, a 
you know, a preacher's wife, but apparently you are. And she's calling Jen like ghetto and hoodlum. And it's just really strange. There's a lot of like race stuff. And, um, Mary had like in the past told Jen that if she, if Mary pulls up to a seven 11 and she sees black people outside, then she drives to the next seven 11, which is weird because Mary's black, but also like, why is Mary going to a seven 11 if she's super rich? Like that one doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but it's just weird to say. And then you have Heather, and Mary standing up for Jen but you know Mary is like no this is not cool and then she calls Heather Two-Face which is like girl you got to know who your friends are and who has your back so you can't you know be like burning all these bridges and then Mary all of a sudden is like no get out to Jen she's like kicking her out of her Met Gala party when she had thrown this whole shindig together to try to you know you know, get everyone on the same page. And then Heather goes out and brings Jen back, but then it's not, it's not like, okay, now we're back. Now let's, you know, huggy, huggy and, you know, hug it out, bitch, that sort of thing. It's like, no, tensions are still really high and clearly things are not going to work out between Jen Shaw and Mary Cosby. And then we get a little insight with the party's over finally, like that journey song. Uh, and then you see Heather who kind of, we don't know a ton about her personal life except that, you know, she, was um you know used to be married is divorced now she's got a couple of kids and it's like uh she said that she's never actually been in love so we're kind of hoping that she's gonna find love eventually but we meet a couple of her kids they're okay they're not super funny whatever we learned some stuff about mormon culture anyways and then we uh let's see what's going on with whitney this whole time oh whitney goes to uh we meet whitney's brother and she goes to like this some jujitsu like boxing match sort of thing they're wrestling it's kind of sexy but they're also siblings so it's not really sexy uh but then they're talking about their dad after that and apparently i think whitney's dad is not her brother's biological dad so there was some mixing and mingling going on there and you know he's like the the brother is like checking in on the dad but it's clear that they don't have a super close relationship whatever and then later in the episode whitney is taking her dad back to um rehab i think he was already there at some point but he's going back now and so they stop and get in and out and then i think that happened i don't remember and then they finally go to rehab and she checks him back into there and it seems like he's doing well like everything they show on camera you know the hair i mean the hair is not doing well but you know everything we see on camera it seems like he's doing okay and then we cut to lisa's kid who's like eight years old and he's having a birthday bowling blowout that's three b's for you and it is just like everything you could imagine pizza you know, probably beer for the adults. I don't know. There's like a strike in there, maybe a turkey. People are very ecstatic, very excited. It looks like everybody just had about 50 pounds of sugar. Then they just turned the cameras on and they did not stop rolling. And then, uh, you know, Meredith, who has Brooks, is her son. Uh, we don't get a lot of Brooks action in this episode, but she's married to Seth, although they're separated. And this actually got kind of emotional where it's like, you know, Seth is wanting Meredith to move out to Canton, Ohio. Apparently, he's going to relocate there for his job but obviously Meredith is you know this big new reality star and she's like no we're not going to do that and Seth is just like 
you know, they're having this really tearful, like legit emotional, um, like talk in their bedroom. And Seth is, you know, clearly in pain. He's like, I just want this to work. Like we've been married for 25 years. It's a shame to give up now. And Meredith, like I can understand her position, but I also feel really bad for Seth, her husband. Uh, she's like, I just don't see how this works. And it's just all kind of sad, um, pretty emotional. But then we get a little, um, oh, wait, before we like the teaser for next week, um, I think Heather invites Mary to lunch, which is really cool because Mary called Heather two-faced at the uh, the Met Gala luncheon. So Heather is like clearly being the bigger person, which I really appreciate. I like Heather. She seems to be pretty cool. And like, Mary just is not interested in rebuilding her relationship with Jen. And then Mary goes off on a tangent about her own personal life. And apparently she was like, yeah, I really didn't want to marry my step grandfather when my grandma died, but she left it in her will. And I don't really understand like why you have to do what someone says in their will. I don't think that that's right. If it is, then I'm going to start putting some stuff in my will and it's going to be very dangerous when I die. And then we get a teaser for next Next week, which is Sundance, which is going to be super exciting. And apparently it's Brooks' first fashion show. But his dad, Seth, Meredith's husband, isn't going to be there. And Brooks is super emotional because his dad isn't there for his first fashion show. But he is strutting down the catwalk. So that's pretty much what happened on this week's episode of Real Housewives of Salt Lake, Salt Lake City. It was, uh, it, was, it was pretty good. It was pretty entertaining. Um, it was solid. You know, it definitely wasn't a down episode. It wasn't like crazy. The, you know, the start of the luncheon was a little hot. And then from there, it was kind of, you know, it kind of evened out after that. But overall, solid episode, solid entry. So that was uh, what's going on. Um, If you're curious what we're talking about today on the Beantown podcast as we approach minute 14, minute 15 here, um, we're going to be running through some holiday movies. I've, I'm not usually a holiday movie person in terms of like the highly you know commercialized manufactured christmas movies look classic christmas movies yeah absolutely like i i've i think i've seen pretty much every classic christmas movie but this year um because i i'm in a relationship and because i've just had a lot more time at home on the couch there aren't as many things to do um I've spent a lot more time watching Christmas movies. So we've watched five recently, and I think we've probably mentioned one or two of them already on the show, but I've watched just, you know, two already this weekend um, that are worth mentioning. So I'm going to be ranking. It's not like an official Power Rankings episode um, because most of the stuff is, you know, if if I wanted this to be like a big, legit Power Rankings episode, we'd do a, you know, like top 10 all-time Christmas movies. This is just going to be five I've seen recently, and these are all, I think... you know, within one or two years, um, old. So they, they are relatively fresh, although that their rotten tomato score does not indicate that. So let me get a sip of my, um, Newman's own sparkling water here. Mmm, it's tasty. Got a big ice cube chunk in there. Had some tiramisu last night. Tasty stuff. I'll tell you that much. Um, and so the five movies we're going to be talking about here and we'll, we'll, maybe get started and then read our ads and then circle back and finish up doesn't doesn't need to be super long episode today um the five we're talking about and i had to physically write them down aka type them into my computer um because i the the names on like half of these movies are not descriptive or like telling of what the movie is 
you know about are going to be um for example one of them is too close for christmas another one is happiest season i mean the 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 movies themselves have nothing to do with those titles i mean i guess happiest season does i mean sure but too close for christmas well, wait till we get to that. And if you're curious, we're going from best to worst, although none of these are movies I would prefer to ever watch again in my life. But um, so I would say my my favorite. Well, let's just here's the here's the list of five that we're going through in no particular order. Um, so we've already mentioned Too Close for Christmas. We have mentioned Happiest Season. And then we have Holiday in the Wild, Christmas Cupcakes and Holiday. So those are the five movies that we're going to be going through, and we're actually in kind of be doing this, you know, reverse power rankings order. So we are going to get started with the one that I enjoyed the most, or I guess suffered the least in, and we're gonna. By the time we finish, we're going to be talking about like one of the worst produced art pieces I've ever seen in my life, and you know, that's not an exaggeration, and it's not close because it was just a total mind effer. Um, but not in the good way, like um, a Christopher Nolan movie or something like that. So uh, I was trying to think of a memento, but I couldn't remember what it was called. So I just relied on uh, my director directorial, D-I-R-E-C-T-O-R-I-A-L, directorial knowledge. Um, okay, so Happiest Season would be the favorite one I've watched out of all of these five, which is setting the bar very low because anyone who knows me knows that I really do not like Kristen Stewart. Um, I just think that she has one gear, one mode. Uh, Maybe I'm just not watching the right Kristen Stewart movies because anytime I see somebody say like, oh, Kristen Stewart, she's so talented. I'm like, are we were we watching the same films and it's not just you know not just Twilight and I haven't even seen all the Twilight movies nor do I really care to it's simply just like all of it um everything I've seen and I haven't seen all of her you know super independent art stuff and I know she does a lot of that and you might expect some of her best acting to be in there so maybe I am just biased I don't know but I just have I haven't seen anything in my life out of Kristen Stewart that's like oh yeah she's really talented um but happiest season is I think we've already talked about this on the show but it's it's Kristen Stewart Mackenzie Davis Allison Brie Aubrey Plaza um uh Eugene Levy's son uh whatever his name is uh, the Schitt's Creek um co-creator and uh, the parents are Victor Garber and Mary Steenbergen and I think that's pretty much all you need to know in, in terms of who's in this one. Basically, it's a solid movie because, it, you know, it's it's very progressive in its themes. Um, in terms of actual editing, cinematography, production value, it's solid. It's, you know, I think it was put out by Hulu um, directly. And it's got a solid cast with, you know, decent acting. There's nothing amazing about it. And the ending is kind of... Uh, <sighs> kind of a letdown if i'm being honest but you know overall it's a solid holiday movie and you can't really complain um i found it to be watchable enjoyable even if i was you know frustrated by some of the characters and decisions sometime whatever i think it's it's pretty good so holiday or no not holiday happiest season it's on hulu uh it's got a really good cast go check it out it's pretty watchable um I don't, you know, probably won't ever watch it again in my life, but that's okay. 
Um, number two was, I think I watched this over Thanksgiving break. Maybe I might've mentioned it. Um, it's holiday. This is also from this year and it's Emma Roberts. And I'm trying to remember if there's anyone else in that one that I, that I know. Oh, Kristen Chenoweth is in it in like a small supporting role. Anyways, the premise of this one is basically she needs a date or she's looking for a date for a holiday. I don't really remember. And it's like this other guy they meet. I don't really remember how they meet. Um, but I think this other guy was like at his girlfriend's parents' house and something freaky happened. I don't really remember because it's already been like three weeks um, since I since I watched it. But this guy's Australian, I think, which is already pretty sexy. And they kind of start out with like a rocky relationship where they grow on each other and they have you know, every holiday they're spending together. So we're talking MLK Day. We're talking Father's Day. We're talking uh, Canadian Boxing Day, which I don't really know what that is about. But, you know, they're spending all the holidays together. And as you expect, they have their ups and downs. Things sometimes go well, sometimes they don't. But at the end of the day, they um, basically, you know, get it on and there's all sorts of goofs and hijinks the movie literally just skips from major holiday to major holiday like you could probably if i told you the premise you could probably just sit there and and write the whole movie if you wanted and it wouldn't be very difficult um but that's uh that's holiday uh pretty watchable in the same way that happiest season was um pretty stupid sometimes i'm not a huge emma roberts fan um she kind of reminds me of anna kendrick and i am not a fan of either of those um i just like i think they're both good actors and kristen stewart i feel the same way about we don't have to throw throw her in here but it's just like they're i guess they're good at what they're what they do but just like their personalities i'm just like yeah i don't know um so those are those are, I think, those two movies, Happiest Season and Holiday, I would say I, I enjoyed watching them. They're not any amazing film or anything. They don't do any one thing particular well, but they're they're fine. And if you're looking, if you're like, oh, let's watch a holiday movie, I think you can turn one of those two on and you'll have a good time. Um, happiest Season, wait, that's a Kirsten, Kirsten Stewart one, right? That's on Hulu and Holiday. I think it's on Netflix. So we're keeping our streaming services uh, in order here. Let's go ahead and read some ads. We'll hear from our ever loyal sponsors. And then we will jump into what is just a, well, I don't want to say this. I was about to say a, a steaming dung heap of, of films. The next one we're going to talk about, I think, was was fine. Um, lots of things I didn't like about it. But compared to the last two, whoa. Man, um, so we'll we'll get to uh, the middle of the pack in a second here after we hear from our ad sponsors. All right, uh, Home Pride Oregon. Oh, here we go. Are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth, all because you couldn't find a reliable home inspector in time? Well, Oregon listeners, there's good news, especially around the holiday season. It's always good to have some good news. Home Pride Inspection Services in Bend, Oregon is Central Oregon's hottest new home inspection provider with inspection services, including things like roofing, plumbing, uh, cooling, heating, and cooling. Whoa, got both of them and so much more. Home Pride Oregon is both contractor certified and home inspection certified, so you know you're getting the good stuff. 
100% of the time. If you're tired of big real estate's wrangle hold on the home inspection market and you want a safe, certified home inspector that you can trust, you have to call Steve at 541-410-0316 or you could visit HomePrideOregon.com. Again, that's 541-410-0316, or you could just call, uh, or, uh, well, you could call, or you could go visit HomePrideOregon.com. That's uh, Pride with one E. Uh, Home Pride Oregon Inspection Perfection. Speaking of Pride with one E, I always loved it. This doesn't really happen anymore, but I, I, I think I distinctly recall, I think I distinctly recall, I don't know if that makes sense, um, you know, like, when you're texting and you're in high school, I think mainly with girls, it was, you know, they were the ones who liked to um, do this where you put like six E's at the end of a word that ends in an E. So it'd be like, bye, which I guess I sometimes say in the podcast or like fine, any word that ends in an E really qualifies for this. But I always, I always like pronouncing it in my head as if I was really bringing out the, the eight additional ease. I just think that's fun. It's a fun thing to do. I'm kind of kind of a master linguist. That's sort of what I'm known for. Uh, but thanks to Home Pride Oregon for sponsoring today's show. As we progress towards the end of year three, which is wild, what do we got? We, we have uh, next week, we have an episode. And then after that, it's going to be our Christmas special and then the week after that will be our um, our year three recap, um, kind of New Year's Day weekend. And then year four officially kicks off on my friend uh, PJ Schiller's birthday, uh, January 10th of 2021. Pretty exciting. Year four on the Beantown Podcast. Uh, the Samson Q2U series. It's affordable. It's Golden quality, godlike quality, biblical like quality at an affordable price. And in this economy around the holidays, oh man, we are always looking for affordable and quality fun gifts. That can be very important. Um, it is very important. So the Samson Q2U series, if you want to start a podcast of your own, it's a great option because it has crisp, clear audio quality. And uh, it's been with us for, what What are we on? One Episode 155, 156, something like that. Um, it is just never ending. It pulled double duty last week. Um, th- uh, speaking of double duty, hashtag uh, girlfriend. Of the host, thank you to Rachel Ramos for coming on the show last week. That was a delight and a treat, and I know a lot of you have asked for more, Rachel. Um, I'm hoping she'll be amenable to coming on as much as possible, and uh, she really did a great job and really got the fans engaged. I am all about increasing listener engagement here on the Beantown Podcast. And if you're wondering, hey, Quinn, we would love to engage. How can we do that? Well, you can email beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Again, that's beantown, B-A-N-Podcast at yahoo.com. And I'll let you know if you're thinking, boy, I've got a couple extra thousand dollars around the holidays to throw around. We'll just hold on to it for now. And uh, we have... um, our, our pledge drive month is February, and so that's coming up pretty soon here. We're getting ready for the fourth annual pledge drive 
uh, fundraiser telethon and still looking for a snappier title. Anyways, um, so that's uh, all coming up. But uh, our last ad read here, uh, oh, Cuts by Q. I, and I'm going to get a Cuts by Q um, this week, um, bring down the, the sides and the back a little bit here. But here we go. Bob and Weave, we all know the hairstyle and we all love it. But how many Chicago-based independent barbers can actually give it to you the way you deserve? Enter Cuts by Q. It's like NR Sandman, but just slightly different. Cuts by Q has been independently owned and operated since 1995 and is probably one of the better barbershop operations serving Chicago, Cook County, Northwest Indiana, and the greater Chicagoland area. From beehives to bangs, faux hawks, to flat tops, and everything in between, you have to call Cuts by Q at 815-298-7200, or you can email Cuts by Q at yahoo.com. Again, that's cut. Uh, by Q, uh, well, cuts, Q-U-T-Z, excuse me, by Q, at yahoo.com. All right, sing it with us loud and clear, uh, and you know what we did not do at the beginning of this episode, because I am officially declaring victory, at least from a, like, get it every year on the same date perspective over this thing, over our tonsillitis watch. No tonsillitis this year. At least not on Thanksgiving, okay? I think we are in the clear from that aspect. Maybe we get it eventually. Who knows? Uh, But sing it with us. Not as concerned with the throat now. Uh, Oh, and you need a fresh do. Something snappy and new. Just call the experts at Cuts by Q. Cuts by Q. Good stuff. Quality singing. You guys have never sounded better okay so we are talking holiday movies and on the the front side of the break here we talked about two that have plenty of flaws but i found them to be mildly watchable um now this third one i think i found to be mildly watchable but has an insane amount of flaws uh it's from 2019 and it's called uh, holiday in the wild we just watched this on friday night and uh, it stars, if you if you thought her career was over, just you wait. Kristen Davis making a big comeback. And Rob Lowe. And it's got some serious uh, dark, or heart of Africa, white savior. Uh, I won't call it problems, because I didn't think it really like pushed that narrative. But just the way it was set up was just kind of, eh, whatever. If you don't know this movie, I didn't know it until I just randomly stumbled upon it Friday night. And basically, Kristen Davis lives in this super bougie New York apartment. Think uh, the uprising. No, what was it called? The uh, the one with Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant that we just finished on HBO. The uh, untying, undoing. Um, and I won't spoil that for you, but they have this huge apartment. And so does Donald Sutherland right in Manhattan. Basically, that's what Kristen Davis has and her husband and her son's about to go off to college. And right when he walks out the door, the the son, the Kristen Davis is like, boom, hubby, I bought us two tickets to Africa because Africa is just one big place that you can go to. Um, and the husband is like, um, no, I'm out of here, babe. And he's like, I'll send for my things. And it's just like, you've never seen a marriage fall apart in the first 42 seconds of a film until you watch this one so she's like uh i'm going on my second honeymoon by myself so she goes to africa which again is just one big place eventually we learn just by looking at her like uh itinerary uh that or like i think she has roadmaps or something that she's going to lusaka 
which is in Zambia. And she's at a bar looking fine. Kristen Davis can still get it. And she meets Rob Lowe, who's playing poker at the bar uh, with a bartender. Pretty hot, pretty steamy, and they kind of have a little rat and a whole lot of tat in their conversation. And then he's like a pilot for tourists, and they're out like flying or something. And he finds a uh, a dead mom elephant and a baby elephant, and he's like, "OMG, we have to bring this back to the elephant sanctuary that I live at." So she comes with him because she used to be a uh, like a doctor Doolittle, a, 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 a pet psychiatrist, I think. And so they go back to their elephant sanctuary and. And, you know, they're not really like getting it on or anything, but there's just a whole lot of cute baby elephants and the movie just kind of happens. And the editing is some of the worst I've ever seen in my life. It didn't make sense. There would be scenes where they're having a conversation and like a split second after the person ends their sentence, you're cutting to a new scene. Anyways, Kristen Davis is there for like the whole holiday season. Her com, her, her yikes, excuse me, her son comes and visits Ooh, it's a different movie. Um, Sex in the City. Uh, and uh, he drops out of college, but then she gets him to go back to study music because apparently he's a really big music dude. And eventually Rob Lowe, his, he has like a, a, a girlfriend who's not Kristen Davis, and she works for the foundation that funds the Elephant Sanctuary. And then Rob Lowe's like, okay, I have Kristen Davis now. We can't get it on. It's this very generic-looking blonde lady. And she's like, oh, well, if you uh, are not going to give it to me, I'm going to stop giving it to you. And so she cuts the funding for the sanctuary, and it's really emotional. It's like, OMG, if we don't get funding, we're going to be closed so soon. And eventually, Kristen Davis goes back to New York and uses all of her wealthy connections to um, get funding for the Elephant Sanctuary. And then I think she moves back to Africa and she lives there full time. So, oh, yeah, she sells her apartment. And it's like, why would you sell your apartment in this economy? Anyways, uh, happy ever after. Okay. So she moves to the, the uh, I was going to say the outback, but that's the wrong continent. She moves to Zambia and lives with Rob Lowe and they live happily ever after. So that one was like, I mean, as far as the plot went, it was pretty rough and just, I mean, from a filmmaking perspective, not great, but honestly, it has some star power, Rob Lowe, Kristen Davis, Sex and the City fans will know, and it had a lot of cute baby elephants. So that one to me was like, okay, this is fine. Um, I didn't hate it, if I'm being honest. It was it was a lot better than I actually was expecting going in. Well, not a lot better. It was just, it met my expectations. Okay, so there are two more movies to talk about here, and I don't want to dwell on them for too long because I will get flustered. Um, one was a Lifetime movie. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched a Lifetime movie in my life uh, time. But this one we watched, I think, last weekend. It's called Too Close for Christmas. And it's the, the main lady is someone I don't know. Uh, I can't even really look this up either because there's not even a Wikipedia entry. But I know the guy's name is um, uh, Chad Michael Murray. Apparently, he's like a famous person. Uh, if you've watched, I think it's called One Tree Hill. I don't know anything about it. But apparently, he was on that show. And basically, this girl lives in New York because everyone, if you're in a Christmas movie, you have to live in New York. And she goes to her um Oh, man, where is she going? Somewhere? Her parents' house, maybe? I think it's her parents' house. Um, or maybe it's her sister's parents. I don't remember. 
doesn't really, or her sister's parents would be her parents. I don't really remember how it works. Basically, she goes to someone's house in upstate New York, and then Chad Michael Murray is like her brother-in-law or something. I think it's her sister has a new husband, and that husband has a brother, and that brother is Chad Michael Murray, and he's kind of a hunk, but he also talks kind of strange. The whole movie, it's just like weird, the dialogue and how he says it. And he's like, OMG, he can never, uh, you know, people are always like gossiping about him. Like, oh, you can never like have a relationship because he's always traveling. He's always on the move. Um, so he's never going to settle down. And the main girl, I don't even remember her name, but she's like, oh, I think we should keep our distance because it's only going to be one week. He was going to, um, you know, not, he was going to not be there, but then um, his his plane got grounded or something, so he couldn't leave to go on his ski trip in Switzerland. And um, basically, um, they spend a whole week together as Christmas is coming and the mom is sick, which is like a weird plot side plot point that doesn't really matter and the whole time you're like is mom gonna die but it's a lifetime movie so she doesn't die um and basically they get really close to each other and at, at the end they smooch oh and also like on christmas morning i think it is he leaves to go to the airport but then he's like thinking about how great she was and so he turns the car around and surprises her and um that movie was really bad uh, it's a lifetime movie and I, maybe this is true of all lifetime movies. I don't know really the format or the formula, but there's like constantly music playing in the background, not like pop songs, but just like background mood music, like the whole time, no matter what. And it's just extremely distracting. Um, this movie was crap, but it wasn't crappy enough to land at number five, the worst Christmas movie and one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Um, I'm not kidding. We watched this last night. It's on Prime Video. And it's called Christmas Cupcakes, which should have been a dead giveaway right there. Um, no one in the cast is anyone you've ever heard of, like not even like a weird guest appearance or anything like that. Um, basically... There's these two sisters, and neither of them are bakers, and their dad dies, and he owned a bakery with his brother, their uncle, and so they go, and I just, I don't even really, like, this wasn't really a movie. It just kind of was like a like a freshman in high school art piece that they put together with their friends or something like that. Um, I mean, just... Shocking. It starts off kind of innocently enough. It's like, okay, we're going to take over the bakery, try to run it. The crazy mean bank lady comes over and she's like, your dad had a lot of outstanding debts. We're going to repo the bakery. It's like, okay, we have to save the bakery. And then the main character, one of the sisters, you find out she has a kid who's like 25, even though the main character is only can't be older than like late thirties at the latest. Um, the kid's not actually 25. She's like, you know, 15. It's kind of like a Paul Blart situation. Um, but then it just gets really weird because there's this baking competition and the blonde sister, who's not really the, the main character. She's like the secondary character has been, um, going on a couple dates with this Aryan looking blonde guy. And then they find out that he works at their rival bakery that wins this baking competition every year. And of course, you know, in super cliche fashion, it's like, okay, they have to enter the baking competition. And if they win, then the prize money is exactly enough to save the bakery, etc. And so, what really gets weird and i 
I don't encourage you to go investigate this for yourself because it is a hundred minutes of your life. And I mean this in the most serious way that you'll never get back, but it gets really weird um, because the baking competition is just a knockoff of chopped in terms of its format, the judges, um, you know, three rounds, a team gets, you know, eliminated after each round, whatever. But where shit gets strange is it, the, the filming style literally turns into a TV show at that point. They're, you know, doing like there, there's the Ted Allen knockoff, um, some, you know, little, guy in his tight little suit you know describing the competition the judges are direct knock knockoff of chopped and there are like you know cut scenes to where you know something bad happens in the kitchen and then they cut to that you know chef in the kitchen they're like talking about it like you'll see in chopped or something the whole thing is just very strange and there's nothing good or redeeming about it um the competition itself takes three days, and it takes up, like, 60% of the movie. It's not like this is the big final set piece. The, like, over half of the movie is just them doing this competition, and it's like you're watching a, a really bad, shitty knockoff parody of Chopped, and it just doesn't make any sense, especially because they, like, legit flip the format to where you're now watching a TV show, not a movie. And then the worst part, and I'm going to spoil the ending because I implore if you're listening to this, dear God, please never watch this movie in your life, Christmas Cupcakes on Amazon Prime. I implore, I implore you not to. They lose the competition because instead of using icing on their cupcakes, they use an espresso glaze. But then the one of the like judge, not the judge, but like the judge's assistant comes up to them after and it's like, we want to offer you a TV deal. And the ladies are at first are like, oh, that sounds exciting. Like, yeah, let's do it. But then they're like, oh, wait, we didn't get into this to become stars. We got into this to save the bakery. So it's like, okay, that's a that's a good message. Like, I'm at this point, I'm guessing something's going to happen. Like, the winning team's going to get disqualified, and then they're going to. It turns out they're going to be the winning team. Like, okay, something silly like that's going to happen. It's going to have a happy ending. But then the TV lady is just like, oh, before you say no, here is um, here's like how much money we're offering you to do this. And then the two sisters are like, oh, yeah, we'll do that. And then the movie ends. Which is just like, what's the message there? I am irate. That movie was so bad. It's not even a movie. That experience was one of the worst things I've ever suffered through in my life. At least we had tiramisu. I'm not kidding, guys. Like, shocking. Absolutely shocking. I have nothing else to say. Christmas cookies, it doesn't even have uh, a rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which if you see something that doesn't have a rating on Rotten Tomatoes, it means it's either Christmas cookies or it's like home movies. Okay. Uh, so that was a rundown of five uh, Christmas movies. I think those first three are worth watching if you're just like, let's turn on a Christmas movie to have on in the background. None of them are, were particularly excellent, but none of them or those first three weren't awful. Um, those last two, the Lifetime movie uh, with Chad Michael Murray and then the Prime one, Christmas Cupcakes, just like shocking. There's no better way to put it. Um, yeah, I, I can't even believe that 
someone paid to have that movie made. I was literally telling Rachel when we were watching it last night, I feel, I mean, I exaggerated. I said Christmas Cupcakes must have had a budget of about $2,000. I, maybe like 50 grand or something. And I'm not, not like, that would be my expectation. If anyone got paid to act in that movie, would be that would be appalling. Uh, because it seemed from the level and the quality of acting that it was probably a group of people being held against their will, maybe being held hostage by, um, I, I don't know, Syrian terrorists or something who decided they wanted to try their hands at a Christmas movie. That's my guess, okay, if we have to try to explain what just happened. Um, so don't watch it. Um, that's pretty much what I had for you. Uh, I got a little carried away there with my movie reviews and, and were taking a little bit longer than I was, was anticipating, but I think, I think it was fun. Um, uh, I'm pretty tired though. I'm going to, uh, get back into my, uh, fizzy water here and figure out what I want to do for supper. Next week we will have another little Christmas themed episode. Not quite sure what we want to do. Maybe some music. That could be fun. I got a mic stand for Christmas from my brother uh, Walt. So I think we might incorporate that. Could be a lot of fun. And otherwise, that's pretty much uh, pretty much pretty much what I had for you. Um, so thanks everyone for uh, tuning in to this week's episode. I hope wherever you are, it is not too cold although it's middle of december so that's kind of what happens in december um but yeah hey we are what just like a week and change away from the longest day of the year i am feeling very affected by the 415 sunsets because i'm just home all day and i just watch the sun go down um although i will say it's really a bummer when you're like working downtown and you leave your office and it's already completely dark that's extra sad um at least here it's like i can go outside whenever i want when it's still light out so it could be worse anyways that's what i got for you let's cue up some music thanks everyone for tuning in thanks for supporting our show and uh happy holidays and we'll come to you live next week so everyone stay safe stay sane i'll check in on you next time have a good one don't watch christmas cupcakes and i'll check in on you next time bye